eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. Covered the Washington football team under various nicknames, etc. For about five, six, count pregame. Logan, I've been doing this for seven years now in D.C. Logan Paulson played 10 years at tight end in the NFL, including... How many did you play in Washington, by the way? I should know this. We've done enough shows together. I should know your bio off the top of my head by now, but I don't. Yeah, so I did five seasons active. I had one season on IR, and then that... So I guess six years. I love love that terminology. I did five seasons. (laughs) For some of those years, it was like doing time. Yeah. Uh, today on the show, the schedule is out, so we will guide you through things that matter, things that don't. We're not going to sit here and go through, like we joked about it on last week's show, but we're not actually going to go through and be like, win-loss, 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 yeah. because it's impossible. But from travel to clumps of home games or road games or quick turnarounds, what are the things that when we look at the schedule, now that we actually have it, we think actually matter? Then we're going to go inside the film room. Logan locked himself in a dark room all weekend. Just kidding. He didn't. He, he played with his kids and stuff because he's a good dad. Uh, <laughs> but in between doing all, all the dad stuff, he did indeed uh, spend a good amount of time breaking down the middle linebacker play last year for this team. Why didn't it work for Jamin Davis? What did and didn't work for Cole Holcomb? How did those two's play get affected on the outside when David Mayo came in at the end of the year? We'll get into some of all of that here on the show today. And then Mondays we've been doing, I guess this kind of works, Logan, a Monday mailbag. Uh, it's a nice, nice alliteration. Which, perfect, yeah. Look, in podcast radio world, we love a good alliteration. So we'll do a little Monday mailbag at the end of the show. And Logan did make a promise right before we started recording that next by the next show, so by Thursday, he's going to be on I'll Twitter. I'll have a Twitter. Yep, I'll have a Twitter by then. Okay, so he'll get on the tweeters. And in the meantime, make sure you send your questions in to me, at Craig Hoffman, C-R-A-I-G-H-O-F-F. M-A-N. And then, of course, you'll see some of this podcast and everything else Logan does on Instagram for him at Logan underscore Paulson 82. All right. With that, let's get into the schedule. It comes out, uh, obviously, last Thursday we recorded with, with Sheehan. Great episode if you went back, if you want to go back and listen. Uh, but we recorded with Sheehan and then the schedule came out 
I'll just read through it real quick. It is pretty alternate home road. There's not really a ton of clumps, but there are some interesting things in it. Uh, starts off with Jacksonville at home, then at Detroit, home Philly, at Dallas, home Tennessee, at Chicago. That's a Thursday nighter. Home Green Bay, at Indianapolis, the Carson Wentz revenge game. Uh, or one of three, I guess, if you count the Philly games, too. Uh, we're now in week nine, November 6th, home against Minnesota, at Philly, at Houston. So week 10 and 11, that's Monday night, Sunday, first time you're on the road back-to-back. Home against Atlanta, at New York, by week, home New York, both the Giants there, no Jets. That really is back-to-back against the same opponent. At San Francisco, then you finish with two at home, Cleveland, and then Dallas in that big old TBD. Is that a Saturday game, a Sunday game that gets flexed, or a Monday? I think there's a Monday night or a Monday night double header in Week 18 this year. So I'd have to double check on the uh, yeah uh, on the dates of that. But that is the schedule, Logan. What stands out to you when you kind of made your way through it for the first time and, and have been combing through it again uh, for all the shows and everything you're doing all weekend? Yeah, so I think uh, the interesting thing is that everyone thinks, oh, we're going to have like an easy start to the season with Jacksonville and the Detroit Lions, or the Commanders will. But, you know, I don't necessarily see it that way. I think Jacksonville's done a really nice job this offseason in terms of adding some pieces that are going to be tough. So I think that's the thing about analyzing the schedule that I always get kind of on the fence about, right? Because these teams are not the teams that everyone saw last year. Obviously, just like at a basing starting point, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they no longer have Urban Meyer as their head coach, right? Hallelujah. So that's a huge by the thing, way, right? So, by the way, real quick, did you see <clears throat> the Chargers schedule release? Did you see that video? No, no, no. Oh, no, Logan, I got to send this to you. Incredible yeah, comedy. Uh, but it part they took it. They took a heck of a shot at Urban Meyer. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Amongst many other shots they took in that video, right, Chargers right. social media team. Bravo, bravo. But uh, okay, so not as easy as everyone thinks to the start. Jaguars don't have Urban Meyer. That's an upgrade for them continuing on. Same thing with Detroit. I think like both these teams are not very good, but they have definitely gotten better. And I think Dan Campbell's done an excellent job with that team, that organization of finding pieces. So in some ways, I think it's good. They're not going to be world beaters necessarily, but they aren't going to be like pushovers. So kind of like, you know, that college preseason where you schedule like southeastern western lafayette state to play mm-hmm. a game like that all might due be respect good, of course yeah to them where if that's a real school but <laughs> I, I do think they're going to be it's an nfl football team they're going to be ready to go i think the toughest stretch to me is eagles cowboys titans and then bears i know bears aren't a good football team but it's on thursday night so you're coming off playing tennessee right who's maybe one of the most physical teams in the nfl or at least that's kind of their part of their identity and you got a short week to travel to chicago which is not a terrible road trip but it's not an easy road trip either and i think right now you know, we've talked about Philly. We haven't really talked about Philly, but we're going to soon. Is I think they're the best team in the division with some of the stuff they've done this offseason. Specifically, you look at their draft. Excellent work. The Cowboys, I think, are a step back, right? I think uh, the Commanders and the Cowboys are a little bit more even. But, I'll, you know, a division rival early in the season, always tough. And this team, historically, since Ron has been here, has not started – you know, with the utmost haste, no. right? It's been a little deliberate, you know what I'm saying? So I think catching those two teams early is not great. And I think Tennessee is, you know, obviously say what you want about Ryan Tannehill, but I do think that that team knows who they are. Mike Vrabel being the head coach there, like has them going in the direction that I would want my team to go. And I like the run first philosophy. Obviously Derrick Henry will be healthy. They've added some pieces along the offensive line. They're a little bit scattershot at the wide receiver position at the moment. Like how does Traylon Burks replace AJ Brown and, you know, how much of A.J. Brown's um, play style was influencing um, Ryan Believe. Tannehill. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good question to kind of keep an eye on moving forward. And then I think the Bears are a garbage fire at the moment. But 
you're getting on a short week. And I think that's a big thing to consider, right? And then you go Packers the week after that. So maybe you can include the Packers in that like little thing. Obviously the Packers ales at receiver have been well documented, you know, like not like getting rid of, um, Devonte uh, Devonte Adams. Thank you. Um, is a big deal. They did some stuff in the draft, which I think is nice. Christian Watson's a nice piece, but he's definitely not Devonte Adams. So how does, um, Rogers handle this kind of losing his number one target, I know that that they were kind of a run first team last year, kind of a sneaky run first team last year. So again, Titans, you know, you got the Bears, say what you want about them, back to kind of a run first team into the Colts, who was also a run first team. So that's kind of going to be a pretty physically brutal schedule. And then that sets you up for maybe your favorite game of the year, the Vikings coming home and the revenge game of, I think it's a revenge game for Kirk Cousins. You think it's a revenge game for the coach, though? I, I think it's both. I, th- I think Cousins is going to be highly motivated, which doesn't always work out well for Kirk. Like, if he if he hypes himself up too much, he's one of those guys that, like, yeah. you're like, ah, you got a little too far on the old Yerkes Dotson curve. Go go Google <laughs> the Yerkes Dotson curve, kids, if you uh, want to know what that. Basically, it's a performance curve. The higher the pressure, how does your performance relegate? Like, some people are, like, Michael Jordan was a flat line. It didn't matter whether you were in practice <laughs> or in game set. Well, he never got to game seven, but game right. six of the NBA finals. He was always going to perform at his best. Other people it's more curved and it's like, there's kind of that medium pressure where it's enough to get your juices flowing, but not yeah. too much to crush you. And I feel like Kirk, if you get to that, the juices flowing too much, he just goes into like panic mode sometimes. Um, but, but yeah, going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's been, it's also been so long that it might not be as, as much as it had it been. Anticlimactic. Yeah. 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 I, and, but me, a good good team, good team for sure. Yeah, no, but the, I mean that's the thing. They're a good team, and and if as Kevin said, you know, if O'Connell's anything as a head coach with the talent they have, they should be a good team. I will yeah. say this about the start of the season: getting Jacksonville, Detroit early, I love because yeah. while they are better, it might take them a couple of weeks to get their feet yeah. underneath them, and so getting you know them literally weeks one and two i I feel like is much better than getting them later in the year unless all of a sudden it falls apart again for the both of them and they're just you know if all of a sudden you get them in week 15 they got nothing to play for then who knows but the way the lions played all year last year knowing that they were you know not going to the playoffs pretty early in the year um that that's that's a high character football team under dan campbell Um, I, I think that stretch that you pointed out is is really fascinating from that physicality standpoint. You know, Thursday night, if you're going to have to play on a quick turnaround, you never want it to be on the road. It's on the road at Chicago. Right. I will say this, though, and you know this from playing in Chicago, much other that game in October than November, Correct. December. Yep. Like, if, if, you're, if you're in the coldest I've ever – like, I went to Syracuse University. I know cold. <laughs> The coldest I've ever been in my life is in Chicago in December at a night yeah. game. It was ca- it was the night Ditka's number got retired. Were you were you in Chicago at that point? Or were you still what, here? Uh, what year was that? It, was, it would have been fourteen. No, yeah, I think you were here still. Oh, serious? So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it but was I will say, or me 14. too. It was coldest awful. game I played in. Coldest game I played in was in Chicago, and it was like you went out and like when you're playing, it's fine. But then you come to the sideline, and you're like, oh, like I might actually get hypothermia. So it is a yeah. it is October is a good time to be there. Right? It, so. it was back when I was in Dallas and Romo was still quarterbacking the Cowboys that guy could not get to the sidelines and in his his big old parka fast <laughs> enough and I like everyone's like ah oh, look at Romo soft I'm like no look at Romo he's smart they got <laughs> killed the Bears absolutely lit him up that night um, but having that game in in October like you're looking at mild weather that should be good should be able to, to use your speed you know everyone's not just running to the sidelines getting cold as fast as you can mm-hmm. uh, or getting warm as fast as you can and, and I do think that it's it's I mean the weirdest stretch by far, and I don't know why on earth the NFL did this, at Giants by week against the Giants again. Yeah. How does that happen? 
Like we talked know. with Kevin a little bit about the logistical nightmare that can be putting together an NFL schedule from stadium availabilities to trying to be fair with travel to all these different factors. You're piecing together a massive puzzle, but it seems like within that, the rules that the computer system that now does this has to follow is don't let two teams play each other back to back. And I guess probably the Giants have a week in between. I don't think their bye week is also week 14. Right. That's just a weird bit for the for the commanders. I mean, last year they had a, a weird stretch with Dallas where they had Dallas, someone else. And I think one of them was a Thursday night. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like Dallas, someone else, Dallas again. Yeah. And obviously they got crushed that second Dallas game um, as the Cowboys were back healthy and, and Washington was still ravaged with COVID. But, uh, man, that's a... That's a weird, weird bit that the NFL pulls there, and I, I don't know how to feel about Like, I, I feel a little better about it from Washington's perspective because it is the Giants, and the Giants yep. aren't very good, at least we don't think. Um, although we, as, as talked about on last show, like, we think they're going to be better. But I just, it's, it, to me, it's just off. And, like, that's not, that's not how the NFL functions. If you're going to see teams twice, there should be space in between. Yeah, I think so. I mean... Yeah, it is weird, and it always is tough to play a team like back-to-back like that or on a short turnaround, right, because you know them so well. So, like, let's say, for example, like Washington wins the first matchup. Like, because it's so fresh in your mind, like, the corrections are much easier for the Giants to make. So it's so hard to win, like, uh, sweep a series when it's stacked like that because you can, like, there's so much intel that can be gained and gleaned, and, like, this is what we didn't do well in the first game. How do we change that up for the second game? So I think it's going to be really tough. And in a, in a way, it's good. Like, let's say Washington loses the first game. I think it leads to, like, a more like, like a higher likelihood they win the second game. But it, it is just odd. It looks weird on the schedule, you know, especially with the bye. I think, you know, the Giants probably look different. They have a game in there, so it doesn't right. kind of stand out to you in this really dramatic way. But, yeah, then they got that really tough road trip to uh, San Francisco, obviously. Like, that's yeah. never easy Christmas Eve, like – that's a rough deal. Yeah. I, I, you know, we did like a schedule prediction for the show today, the commander show. And like, that's gotta be a loss. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be so tough for them to fly out there Christmas Eve away from the family. That's a rough deal. Yeah. You see, I can, I can hear Ron in my head right now. They're like, Hey, let's, let's take a win home for Christmas kind of deal. Yeah. But mm-hmm. That's tough. I, I will say that one last thing on, on the giants oddity of the schedule. It's also to me like, and, and this look, this is my reporter journalist, whatever side coming out of like the storylines. Right. But it's like antithetical to what it means to to play your divisional opponents. Like mm. the reason you play them twice is because you're trying to decide the champion of that division, which is supposed to encompass the entire season, right? Mm. And and so to play a team in its same form twice that yep. close, like I like when they play early and then play again late. It lets you see the growth and how the teams develop over the course of the year. And you have those two extremely important, basically doubly important data points that are spread out and, and capture something about each portion of the season and to have that cram late like it just it's it to me is just not how that's supposed to work and, and i wish the nfl wouldn't do I think, that i think I, that's a great point because yeah. also like that's one of the things that separates the nfl from like the nba or the mlb for example right it's like those like for when you cluster them really close together like that the meaningful part of the season becomes very very small right right kind of to your point i think that that is um that's fantastic insight um and then at the end of the year, you finish starting with the second Giants game, three of four at home, which if you're in contention, this is a chance for Commanders fans to see something in person they haven't seen yeah. at FedEx Field in a long time, which is competitive football late in the season. And, you know, games that matter, obviously a couple of years, you know, Ron's first year, they, they ultimately win the division late. Um, but it, it is the kind of thing where in May, it's easy to be an optimist. But if realistically, if this thing's going south, 
and you know, I, I don't want to like put this out there, but like, and be the downer, but like, I'm going to do it. I'm just the reality of both sides of this coin, right? Like on one side, it could be really exciting on the other side, man, yeah. if they're, if they are either out of the playoffs or they get eliminated in that giants game or, you know, the mm-hmm. second to last week of the season, that is going to be an incredibly empty stadium. And those there are going to be wearing other jerseys or booing and yeah. it's going to be ugly. And like, that's the kind of thing that, you know, when it happens, you're like, oh, well, this blah, blah, blah. And it, it, we never we never talked about it back in the off season. So I'm just going to mention that. I'm going to throw it out there yeah. uh, of like, again, not wishing that, just saying this is a possibility. There is a, a double-edged sword of having some of your final games at home. And for a team that has had some really, really ugly week 17s where like, I mean, my last year on the beat, man, that was 2019. Jay's last year, obviously Jay at that point was gone. Callahan's, you know, part of the year. That Eagles game in week 17, where it was the biggest crowd they had all year at home, and it was because everybody and their brother and their mother and their (laughs) uncle came down from Philly, and it was all green. Like, that was was embarrassing, frankly, as an organization. And, you know, if all of a sudden week 17, you're not playing for anything, Dallas is – knowing how many Dallas fans there are in the area and how well they travel, like that's a potential situation. And for a coach like Rivera, who's going to be looking probably for an extension after this season is he's entering, would be entering the final year, year of his deal next year. It's just something to kind of like, again, not wishing that not trying to be negative, just something Mm -hmm. to put in the back of your, your mind as a possibility, but hopefully it's, it's the opposite. Hopefully. And again, this is way more fun to talk about when they're winning. Hopefully, if there's nothing to play for, it's because they already clinched something. And, you know, we get to see, who knows, maybe we get to see Sam Howell for a game in Week 17 resting up for the playoffs. Yeah, well, I think the other thing to consider there is, like, when you look at the schedule, there's probably, like, just based on last season, and I know it's really tough, but, like, there's probably six uh, surefire wins, and I think Vegas has them winning seven this year. I personally think Carson Wentz is going to swing this a little bit different. You know, kind of to your point, like, will they be playing for something, yes or no? I think they squeak out some of those games against good football teams, like the Colts, for example, with the new quarterback. Minnesota, I think. Um, I think there's an opportunity to beat the Titans. I think they're an imperfect team by, by a long shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, those games, like, this season, it's, it's there for them to make these last four meaningful, especially coming out of the bye week. And it, in some ways... If they're in it, it's good to have a late bye because you get fresh for the playoffs, kind of refocus, get a little momentum going in. So, you know, I think, yes, like there's an opportunity that that looks like a garbage fire. But I also think that it's important to note that this schedule is about as good as you're going to get when it comes to making a shot for Ron and this staff to make a push into the playoffs, especially given Carson Carson Wentz's addition. And I've been well-documented saying, like, I think Carson gives you three more wins, maybe four more wins. So if you say we got six wins for sure based on last like last year's roster, last year's play, add Carson, I think that that's not crazy to be at the 10, maybe 11 mark, and you're, you're sniffing around the playoffs. So Totally. And, and again, I'm not predicting that it's going to be an ugly yeah, end but of it the would season, be gross. but like, I'm, just, I'm just saying like that's a possibility. You got three of your last four at home. You better hope that you're competitive. Um, and if you're not competitive, it's because you already clinched and you've exceeded all expectations. Um, so here's, here's to hope. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.